Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 160 of Glasgow's Green, the Celtic podcast. I'm your host, Rizzo, and on this week's episode, we'll be having the debrief of Celtic's recent 3-0 defeat to Rangers and the meaningless dead rubber Glasgow derby at the weekend. What a lot of fun that'll be. And to make matters worse for the listeners, there's no spunk phone, even though he said he would be back as he was watching the game in Dublin. He managed to imbibe too many Guinnesses, and he is absent, but... As long as he doesn't have a hangover, he will be back next week when we talk about the St. Martin game, etc, etc. Now, I'm sure everybody wants to know who I've got to replace Spunk Phone as a special guest on this week's podcast, and what a treat you've got. It's the leader of GigPod himself, Stevie. He's back in the saddle. How you doing, mate? How happy are you to be back on GigPod after your absence? Uh, no very. Hello to everybody who listens to GigPod, and hi, John. But I'm a wee bit peeved with Spunk Phone because I plan to enjoy my time away doing all the editing and letting you guys do all the talking but due to his unprofessionalism I'm back in this hot seat so I'm not very happy with that in short he's a prick however I know that he overdone it last night on the Guinness uh, he doesn't want to upset our friends on the Emerald Isle but he couldn't get a taxi to the airport so he spent a lot of time in the pub and then when he got to the airport the plane was delayed and I believe he uh, just decided to come home today instead of last night, so pretty much spent all last night consuming a lot of Guinness, and John, when you're over in Dublin, oh, it'd be silly not to, but come on, we're going to have to have an intervention for that boy very soon. Well, indeed, we'll do it in person on the end of season review next month. Right, so, let's talk about the game, what fun that'll be. Now we should talk about the starting lineup. I think, because Ange didn't pick his strongest team. It's his right to, because let's face it, the game was really a dead rubber basically the two big players that missed out 
were Kyogo, who was replaced by O, and Greg Taylor, who was replaced by Bernabe. We already knew that AJ and CCV were going to be out. But were you surprised that Ange left two other major parts of the team out, as well as the players who knew be out? Or did you sort of expect they would make changes because it was really... And I'm not just saying this because we're going to beat a meaningless game when you compare it to the Cup final, for example. Sort of, myself and Hamish did a preview uh, before the game and we did expect a weakish defence and that defence is going to look weak, John, when you've got AJ and CCV who are two of our best defenders when they're already out in a game against Rangers. You're already going to expect that you're up against it, never mind the fact that it's at Ibrox as well. But I was very surprised to see Burnaby put in there. I thought just because AJ and CCV were out, that the manager would go with Greg Taylor in there to give us a bit of solidity at the back. I think when I looked at that back four, and you know, you've got Ralston there, Starfelt, Kobayashi, and then Burnaby. Starfelt is by far the most reliable and assured out of that back four, John. And that's saying something when, you know, Starfelt sometimes in the back four that we've got can be, I don't want to say weak link because he's been fantastic for us, but he has the most dodgy moments out of defence, um, out of Taylor, CCV, himself and AJ. So, you know, that that itself said it all. Um, due to the fact as well, we've got no fans there, you're going to Ibrox. You knew they were going to be massively pumped up for it. I was most shocked with the fact that Timoki Iwata wasn't starting because when I look at Rangers midfield for that one, Winstrom, Raskin and Jack, right? I mean, you, we, we talked all about this before the game. That's not a Rangers midfield there designed to win a game through sheer technical brilliance or good football. That's just there to disrupt how Celtic play. Now, we've beaten Rangers by playing our football and the manager's never going to be deviating from that. But the manager has also said that he's looking to, for the you know, after we've won the league, he's looking to use certain games where next season, reminder, use players that haven't had the time this season to impress. Uh, Timoki Awata is a player I think John is fantastic. Anytime he's called upon, he's been great for us. Players have just bounced off him. I'm talking about in that semi-final at Hamden. You had, I think, Canwell and Raskin were just bouncing right off of water. He distributed it so well for us. It was excellent on the ball, and he was a sheer presence for us in midfield. At the time we needed it, I felt Matt O'Reilly, Hitati and McGregor up against like three kickers, really was going to be a bit of a problem. I was dying to see like Timoki Amata and Callum McGregor is like the interchange in number six there, freeing Rio Hitati to be more direct and drive at Rangers' defence. That's what I was looking for before the game. <laughs> of course, we never got it. And the fact that I think they've now wisened up with Morelos, that the guy can't be trusted. They've usually got Todd Cantwell, I think, on the right of like a midfield three. They've deployed him a wee bit further forward. You knew what you were going to be getting after the first couple of minutes and the way that the, the tone was set, John, because at the same time, I wasn't massively nervous or I wasn't panicking in the game. We've done the hard bit. The league's won deservedly so. It would have been great to get a win, you know, pile more misery on them, but it was always going to be a tough ask, I think, when you saw that starting lineup. to be honest with you. I talked about the starting lineup. I suppose I neglected to mention that Dyson, who starts nearly every game, didn't start, and Leela Bada started in his place, but at least said about his performance in the game, the better. I suppose a couple weeks ago, you did say to me that you thought we would lose this game. And I think, really, as soon as the first goal went in, it was finished. I know we missed a great chance after that. But, I mean, we knew Rangers would come out. They would be up for the game because it meant so much to them. And we gave away a goal in the first 10 minutes, something that we've not done at Ibrox since that game last season where we won 2-1. And it was a bad goal to give away. Cantwell scoring the rebound. 
and there has been a lot of attention on two players for like, the first two goals, I'd say. Suter's goal as well, both uh, Kobayashi and Joe Hart. And I think we should talk about their performances first. I think we'll start with Kobayashi. It was really his second biggest test as a Celtic player. Maybe his biggest, because I'd say Rangers is always going to be a diff- more difficult team to play against than Hearts. It was dodgy at times against Hearts last week, and I thought he was really poor against Rangers. With the first two goals, it really was shambolic. Could have done a lot better with both of them. I'm not going to give up on him yet because he's hardly played, and he was obviously going to be like a level down for CCV, who I think is the best player in Scotland, and for some reason never gets the accolades for that. But I thought he was poor, and I think he's got a lot to make up if he is going to be like a if he is going to get a run of games in the first team, he's going to have to up his level a lot. And Joe Hart, I mean, I think he could have done better with the first goal. A lot of people said he was static for the second goal. I know he made a couple of decent saves in the second half, but I'd be looking for a new goalkeeper. It'll be interesting to see if we do. So give me your thoughts on the performances of those two players. Well, I'll start with Joe Hart first of all. He was brilliant in that semi-final at Hamden, John. Really dominant for us. He made a fantastic save against Hearts at Tynecastle too. And... You know, after we went through him a bit two-footed after these performances in the Champions League, he has, you know, since that winter break anyway, uh, he's grew into be one of our most important performers, I would say. And he's a big part of why we have one two in a row now. At the same time, I, I just don't think that you can stop improving Celtic under Ange. And I think Ange wants a goalkeeper that can play football very comfortably from the back, can receive the ball. Uh, you know, distribute it very quickly. And while Joe Hart, I think, you know, has adapted to that side of his game under Ange, I think it's clear that Ange wants better. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think um, the fans have, have seen that too, that we'll accept Joe Hart for what he is. And we could do far worse than him, you know, you know, to look back, John, at the season before Ange came in and you look at the goalkeeping situation there. So it's a tough one in that respect. It's, it's, it's very easy to say you need to improve in Joe Hart. And I get that, but the market is pretty tough to recruit a goalkeeper who wants to play that style of football in Scotland. Yeah, getting onto the game, he could have done far better with Lundstrom's strike. Watching that, it was like almost in slow motion. We all knew Lundstrom was going to be hitting that for 20 yards. He gets the pass for Campwell, I believe it is. He just needs to tip it around the post, um, out for a throw, but it's such a it's just it's, it's such a half-hearted palm out to Cantwell and he can't really do anything with a rebound there, so you know, I'll let him off in that respect, but Kobayashi's just as bad for it too. The second goal with Joe Hart, it's not his fault. I mean, it's a very good set piece, and as John, me and you talk about Rangers and set pieces, they scored yet another one against us. We don't seem to defend them. Uh, we don't seem to even bother stopping them getting set pieces at all, but I think it was a good delivery, and Suter took his head up pretty well. At the same time, Kobayashi, um, not just for the first, but the second one, completely ball-watching, and if, if that's CCV, it's not a goal. I mean, even CCV, John, is so alert to the first goal. So, I mean, I would honestly say that the first two goals don't happen if Cameron and Carter Vickers is in that starting lineup. And I think that is the main thing I took away for that game, that it just highlighted that our fringe players ain't going to cut it for next season if we want to improve. And secondly, as I've been saying um, on a separate platform that you're a part of, Celtic have to do everything they possibly can to keep Cameron Carter Vickers at this club for such a long time because, as we just saw, he's far too important. Um, you've got games like that without him, 
you already know that it's going to be a straight 50-50 when you've got Cameron Carter-Vickers in your team. You already feel far more assured and you feel more likely to get a result there. And you look at his performance in that semi-final. If he was playing through the pain barrier. Now, if it was Kobayashi in that semi-final at Hamden, you wonder what way it would have went. I think we both maybe know what way the second half would have went. It was all just down to CCV, really, and a bit of Joe Hart as to why we progressed into the cup final. I don't think you can just throw the blame um, at Hart and Kobayashi for that. It was a collective mess. Our senior players didn't turn up either. I know you want to touch on Callum McGregor soon as well, John, but you even look at Jota and Abada, who have played against Rangers um, far more than Kobayashi has, and they just didn't turn up at all. It was just a rotten day all in. I'm sure you agree on my point about CCV. You've been talking them up on here for yonks anyway. I definitely, and I'm bemused, as often am, why he's not get any accolades at all this season. I mean, he wasn't even nominated for the PFA Player of the Year, which Kyogo won, and congratulations to him, he probably deserves it, but CCV is definitely, I think, the best player in Scotland, and he showed how important he was to us, as you say, with how poor we were on defence. And let's talk about another two players that started the game that haven't started every game for us, and that's uh, Alejandro Bernabé at left-back, and O up front. And now, I might be a bad Celtic fan here, but as soon as I got to 2-0, I turned the game off and I didn't watch any more of it. So apologies for that, even though, uh, of course, I'm a huge Celtic fan. I'll be at the game on Saturday. I couldn't be watching this. Try and come back when I knew the game was probably done. But the game could have been different if O hadn't equalised as soon as Rangers scored. It was a great move and he was mm, a clean through, I suppose. But his shot eluded McCrory, hit the post. Although McCrory may get a touch in it. That was really his big moment in the game, and of course I've seen a lot of people saying Kyogo would have scored, and even worse, Gigi would have scored, which who knows, maybe he would have. But I'd like to get your opinion on O's performance, and Alejandro Bernabé, who I know, let's say, you weren't that impressed by his performance in the game. Starting with O, he got in the position for the chance and he did everything right. I thought the composure that he showed to lift it over McCrory um, was pretty impressive, to be honest. He did everything well, I just, you know, apart from the finish, and it's on his weaker foot. It's the difference, isn't it, between your decent strikers and your great strikers. I know that Kyogo has missed some absolute sitters this season, but he's also got a real ruthlessness to him when he's through and goal one-on-one at times. And there's very little doubt that when Kyogo's in a goal-scoring position, he's more likely to finish it than not. But when that ball was played through by Abada, and it was a fantastic ball by Abada, by the way, I just had my doubts right away that if O was going to finish it or not, I really did. And I still believe that he will come good for us. I think he'll uh, benefit from a pre-season. You look at Gigi, those first six months, it's been well documented. It was shambolic for us. So hopefully O is still going to be getting a shot on Saturday because I think if you just sort of bin him after a performance like that, well, the whole team, as I said, were collectively poor. That could end up like knocking his confidence and all that. And you don't want to see that. He's still young. He's only just signed for us in January, John, so I've seen uh, far better players miss better chances against Rangers at Ibrox than O, and I'll just leave it there. Uh, in terms of Bernabe, I'll probably be a wee bit more harsher with my assessment. I've said so often this season that his positioning uh, is just a nightmare. It's very wayward. His distribution's erratic. He just doesn't know when to slow the game down for us. He's constantly wanting to bomb forward, and I know that that's not always a bad thing, right? Especially at Celtic, and that's just the way he is. But see, when you're under the cosh like we were, John, and we're just looking for somebody, you know, in the fullback positions to hold on to the ball for us, kill time, even win as a throw in, even, you know, knock the ball inside to McGregor, receive it, 
and sort of take a couple of players out of the game with your movement. We didn't get anything like that from him at all. And not just against Rangers, but when I've watched Burnaby against other sides this season, he's again his positioning and his all round game intelligence is solely lacking. I, I don't know where it's going to go for him, I really don't, because I'm actually screaming for us to bring in a left-back even better than Greg Taylor, and I don't think, again, that's a bad thing as much as we both like Greg Taylor, but if we do that and Greg Taylor becomes, you know, like a, a second choice or a squad player or whatever, Burnaby's days at Celtic would be numbered because I'm going to go out on a limb and say that out of all the players that we've got getting into this pre-season, he is probably the one that has to have a very good pre-season and a start to next season because if he doesn't and he continues playing the way that he has been for us I don't think he'll be a Celtic player much longer it was a really bad performance to the point where Rangers targeted him and they knew he was a weak link and they constantly bombarded him you know long diagonals for Goldson Cantwell was playing a lot of the second half down his uh, side because he just knew he was there to be got at and he was having a howler and Rangers just screwing confidence and I just felt bad that uh you know, Ange, who I felt really messed up not playing Awata by keeping Burnaby on for that 90 minutes. It was really unfair to... He was just struggling out there. He was getting no support. And the fact that Ange kept him on for the 90 to be humiliated, I felt was a wee bit unfair. But, I mean, if you're at Celtic, John, you have to perform in these games and stand up. Look at Alistair Johnston. Ange threw him into that one. And Alistair Johnston came out that game with pass marks. He was one of the best players in that 2-2 draw. And that was his first game for Celtic. It's a whole sink or swim thing, isn't it? Uh, Alistair Johnson, very much swam, and sadly, Burnaby. There's a big reason, it looks like, that in that 2-2 game, when Greg Taylor came off, John, we can now maybe see why the manager put Juranovic on there instead of Burnaby. So, yeah, that's that's my assessment there. He has got a really big pre-season ahead, I think. I'd agree with that, and you have to remember how bad JJ was in that game at Ibrox as well, the 2-2 draw, but... I'd say Burnley for what I've saw the game was worse. He really had a, a terrible game. And now, even though I didn't watch the whole game, I did watch the highlights today, and the third goal was a bit of a catastrophe for Carl McGregor, and I think we need to talk about him now. He lost the ball in midfield. I've seen people blame Starfield, but I, I think he was to blame, and I thought he was really poor, and he's always been consistent for Celtic. He's been consistent for most of the season, but I thought he was poor. And I'd like to get your thoughts on... His performances this season, and especially on Saturday, and how we can keep him in the side and still build around him, even though he is getting older. Well, again, it didn't help that, as I said at the start of the game, that Rangers midfield three were just three kickers, and they were there to disrupt our rhythm. Cal McGregor, I felt, didn't really get a lot of support for the team in general. There was nobody behind them, you know, that you could say were dominant. And they were there to take a bit of responsibility. There was no one. There was just nothing around them. At the same time, McGregor was poor. We can't get away from that. And his role in the third goal was just abysmal, really. But what we're talking here is if, you know, it's been a real disastrous uh, result. It was a terrible performance. The result, it's not going to define our season. And we look back on this in a few weeks. Or, you know, we'll look back on when we do the, the end of season pod and everything. We'll probably forget this even happened. Like, I hate losing to them. Uh, and it was extremely disappointing, especially when the the performance that we, we put in was so below par. It was unexpected. The Anange team and Callum McGregor, he has high standards, and by his exceptionally high standards, he'll be mortified at that performance too. But he stood up against Rangers more often than not this season, and I'm willing to give him a pass just in that alone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that performance really 
is anywhere near as poor for McGregor if he's got a bit of protection next to him. And that player that could have protected him was left on the bench until like 60-odd minutes and when the game was completely done. So that is my take on that one from our captain. Yeah, it was a mistake not playing a water and I would hope that he plays every game between now and the end of the season, including the cup final. He starts him, in fact. Right, so really, I think that's enough about the game. I mean, as you say, it doesn't define our season. I think some of the reactions to the game have been over the top, but that's just to be expected when Celtic lose a game. It's still a very good Celtic side that shouldn't be forgotten about, and if we're sensible and smart, which we will be, we will hopefully go on to win the Scottish Cup in a few weeks, but there's still a a few games to play before that, starting with the game against St Mullen on Saturday. Are you expecting even more changes than there was against Rangers? Because this game, again, really in the grand scheme of things, doesn't mean much. Are you thinking that the manager will give more French players a chance? Actually, you know, you're talking about McGregor earlier, and you know that way where Ange always says, oh, Callum will play every single game if he could, but I think Ange should show a bit of leadership there, like he has done in his entire tenure at Celtic so far, and maybe rest Callum McGregor. I don't think it's going to negatively impact anything between now and the end of the season. Even if he's given a couple of games off, you know, who cares? I think Haxabanovich might start tumble, potentially, for O'Reilly. Maeda might come back in. I wonder if they might even give James Forrest a run out of that. He'll show a bit of faith, I reckon, um, in a couple of the underperformers from Saturday. I expect, you know, Kobayashi, he'll have to be in the team anyway. um, Because Stephen Welsh might be back, won't he? But I know that he was certainly injured for Saturday. So I expect to see Kobayashi still there. Kyogo. Wouldn't surprise me if he came in for O, but I would have no problem with O starting as well to try and make amends for his performance um, at the weekend as well, really. But I, I guess whoever plays John, I'll just have to hope that it is a far more improved performance than the one we got on Saturday there. And do you want to give a shoot prediction in the game? Uh, I will go with Celtic to submitting one. What are you thinking? I'm going for 3-0. I think we'll be determined to make up for which was for the most part, a crap performance against Rangers, I think will be. Look to make up for that, and of course, there's only one or two home games we've got left this season, and I think the players will want to make up for that, and probably pick a strongest team, but who knows, maybe James McCarthy will even play. That'd be uh, interesting. Right, so Stevie, thank you very much for making an emotional return to the podcast. You're welcome, and see before we go, two things, John, that you have forgot to mention, or maybe you're going to do it in your outro, but today... Those new kits that came out by Adidas, utterly terrible. The one's a predicted kit, the new home kit. Um, sadly, it's nothing like that sensational special kit that is going to be released. That's going to be the fourth kit, I believe, next season. And that uh, third one that Adidas have got out in their store by accident. Terrible, just terrible. So I, sorry Celtic, I know I throw a lot of money at you. Uh, and John will definitely testify to that, I do. But Let's hope the training range is far better than the kits for next season that have been leaked so far because they have been utterly stinking. And uh, I'll let you have a wee say on that as well as the an event that's happening on Thursday that you're going to be at. I'll leave it to you really for the strip stuff because as you know, I don't buy Celtic gear. Apart from cheap uh, championships, celebration t-shirts, and I'll need to go and buy that one uh, soon for this season. Yep, the big event on Thursday at the Hydro. An evening with Scott Brown and Michael Lustig, which I will be attending, lucky me, and I'll report back on it on the podcast next week. And on the ticket, it's got an evening with Scott Brown and massive letters, and then and wee letters of Scott and Michael Lustig. So I don't know what Michael thinks about that. And there's going to be a load of Celtic legends there, like 
Well, I'm just going to be there. I think uh, who else got there? Greg Taylor, Johnny Hayes, Sean Wayne Rooney of Fleet was going to be there as well. I can't remember who else. Interestingly, Lenny's not going to be there. I do think Lenny will make an emotional guest appearance, Stevie. Give me a, give me a brief thought on that. I think Lenny will be there. He's in Scotland an awful lot. I know he was at the Queen's Park Public Thistle game the other night with some incredible shade zone. I expecting Lenny to make a, an appearance at the Hydro. That, that'd bring the house down, no doubt. <laughs> you know, I don't expect him to be there, but if he was and he turned up uh, for a cameo or something, I would just sort of applaud. I'd just, I'd just be... And hysterics with that because half the crowd, we all the we all the dads and all that, the Celtic fairers, they'd be all loving it. They'd be all uh, emotional and weeping, and then you'd have the other half just having a complete aneurysm and frothing with rage. So, if anything, John, it would be great to see uh, a bit of wrestling at a hydro. I know you certainly love that. You've been to plenty of events like that in the past. I have indeed been to see wrestling at the hydro a long, long time ago. <laughs> so I'll report back on that next week and. Most importantly, good luck to the Celtic women on on Sunday. They can win the league title, depending on the result of the Rangers-Glasgow uh, City game. Celtic women are playing hearts. We think the game's going to be at Celtic Park. We've been told that by a source, an insider, but it's not been announced yet, as far as I know. You know Rangers are playing their game at Ibrooks. Surely they can have both games played in Glasgow at the same time. I don't see why not. If Rangers draw and Celtic win, Celtic are the champions. If Rangers and Celtic both win, Celtic need a better Rangers result by, I think, two goals. But if Glasgow City win, they're the champions. Three teams can win it. An extremely exciting end of the season. Stevie was there at the Celtic uh, women's game down night. There was 9,000 fans there. He was raving about it. Hopefully, the game will be at Celtic Park again this Sunday. There'll be another big crowd. And uh, girls, we in each, go on to win the title for the first time ever. That would be fantastic if both teams were on a win the title. Never happened before at Celtic. They've been close before. Hopefully they can do it this time. Even if they finish setting, they'll still get into the Champions League qualifiers, which will be a great achievement for uh, a team that I don't think spends as much money as Rangers and Glasgow City do. So good luck to the players at the weekend. Hopefully they can win the title and for the first time ever make it a bit of history. And no doubt Fran and Alonso's celebration would be sensational if they did win it. So we'll talk about that on the pod next week as well. We'll talk about my adventures at the Hydro to see Bruni and Mikael Lustig. We'll talk about the St Mirren game as well. And we'll preview the Hibs and Aberdeen games as well. The Hibs game, which I'm going to. Sitting in an unfamiliar part of the stadium. So watch this space for updates on that. Right, so thank you, Stevie, our beloved leader, for coming back to the pod. You can catch him on Instagram at GigPod with tons of good content. We'll be back, as I said, next week with a, a bumper episode, I'd say, with loads of stuff to lo- talk about, and we'll have the return of Spunk Phone from his Dublin XL. So, thanks everybody for listening. Good luck to the Celtic men's and women's teams at the weekend. We'll speak to you all soon, and hail, hail. Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.